The University of Georgia, for only the fourth time ever, charged out of the tunnel wearing black jerseys to a less-than-sold-out Sanford Stadium versus a team from Louisiana that hyphenates its school name. Not exactly what my mind's eye had pictured as the season began, but no one at Buttsmere asked my opinion. So I'll share my thoughts with you on a later podcast of what I thought about how the black jerseys turned out. Nevertheless, the Dogs beat University of Louisiana Lafayette 35-21 this past Saturday to push their record to 7-4 as Georgia Tech looms on the horizon. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 69 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. In this episode, Tony and Will, yep, you heard right, I'm not in this episode. I'm speaking to you right now, but I wasn't available for the recording this episode. I suppose it's like when they send someone off in a soccer match, you still play the game. You're just playing with one less person. I can't believe I just made a soccer reference. Sorry to those whom I offended. But this is a podcast where we are breaking down a home game versus a Sunbelt school from Louisiana. Don't get me wrong, I'm very glad the Dogs won. They look good on offense and special teams. They came out of the game relatively healthy, and they vanquished the Raging Cajuns. I was simply just a bit disappointed that the return of the black jerseys came for a noon kickoff versus ULL. But enough of my complaining about something that's kind of trivial and not that important. The dogs won. So let's hear what Will and Tony have to say about it. Here's Will. Hi, Tony. First off, I feel bad before we even start doing this recap of the Louisiana Lafayette game or Louisiana or one of my pet peeves are schools that aren't consistent with what they want to be called. Are they Detroit Mercy or are they Detroit? Are they Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette? But regardless, I feel bad enough because we do not have Scott on this podcast, and he's not here today. And if there were ever a podcast to have, we he finally gets his black jersey game, and he's not even there for the recap. Yeah, to be fair, he talked about it plenty the other night. So. Oh, I know he did. Oh, believe you me. <laughs> I just wanted. To, I just expected him to still be floating. You know, to still be talking about uh, about how glorious it would be. So, thirty-five uh, twenty-one final score. Uh, it's funny because obviously there were a lot of things to get excited about, but you know, let's not get too carried away. Georgia did get outgained uh, in this game. And if it weren't for those kind of four Lafayette or Louisiana or whatever they are called now uh, turnovers, I don't know if this game would have been close, but it certainly didn't feel entirely crisp all the way around, particularly on the defensive end. Well, I mean, I think part of why they had so many more yards, they had, um, I don't know what, 12 more plays, 11 more plays uh, that, I think if you want to look at it this way, up until their last two drives when we were playing second and third stringers, we held them pretty close to you know 300 yards in on 60 plays, which is five yards a play. Right. So they they did pick up a lot of yards. But I, I agree on the Christmas. We looked really good in the first half, and you know I felt like in the third quarter we let the foot off the gas, which is concerning uh, because you do that against a team better than than Louisiana. That's how you end up giving up a big lead. But that said, there you know, there's only one team left, <laughs> and the other game's a bowl game. So I guess uh, you know, considering how scared we were a few weeks ago, the idea of not looking as crisp as you'd like them to in the second to last game during, uh, before the season is over is maybe not the worst thing. One, if there was anything I found disappointing, this was the game I and I think it's among some others were hoping to see Jacob Eason kind of really air it out and go nuts. That didn't really happen. I, he, he found Chubb on that play down the uh, down the middle, which is pretty exciting, and I think that's his checkdown guy. And but he found him. Uh, uh, running deep. I don't think Eason looked bad necessarily as much as it was, you know, this felt more like the, hey, let's just get Chubb his game rather than get Eason his game. 
I think part of the game plan from from the get go was to make sure that we controlled as much of the clock as possible, because they do like to run hurry up. And yeah. look, if you had said in, I guess after the Vanderbilt game that we were going to beat Louisiana Lafayette thirty five fourteen in was or twenty one, it wasn't even really that close. It was more like, you know, and, and we did let it we did let it up off the gas a little bit offensively too. Uh, I think we had a little more a little more vanilla just to run the clock, but you know. I think we'd have been fine with that. I mean, this was a this was an utterly uneventful game, um, no injuries. We, you know, we, we kind of manhandled them from the start. Our special teams looked good again, which is nice. Um, you know, McKenzie with the return, and then, uh, you know, I, I I can find things to nitpick, but in the end, yeah. we handled a team we should have handled. And frankly, if we'd have played this game against Nichols, you know, we would have been, you know. Hey, everything's great, but right. we didn't, right. and then we lost to some teams. Although Vanderbilt looked pretty good, Mississippi didn't. Yes, and uh, but they're a different Mississippi team than we played, and and I think, frankly, I think we're a different team than played Mississippi. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think we can get really caught up too much uh, in this game. For me, this was. I'm glad. That that Eason to Chubb play is, you know, I mean, w- the, uh, Seth Emerson had a good piece this week on whether or not, you know, kind of Chubb's decision about whether he's going to go pro, whether he's not going to go pro. I don't think it's as quite as cut and dry as we might have thought it would would have been going into the season. But no matter what happens, that was just a cool play. <laughs> That's just a cool yeah. thing to Eason Eason to hit Chubb deep is just a cool thing that happened. Well, it wasn't exactly a low route, but it was a. I mean, he was the third option and. It was good to see Eason, and that's one thing I think he did. He went through his progressions pretty well in this game. He's he has pretty much stopped staring down receivers. He's done a good job of looking off safeties, and some of that has been the emergence of the tight end game. Uh, but you know, anytime you put Chubb out in the you know behind seven of eleven defenders and give him the ball, I like my chances. So yeah, but it did just feel like a little bit of a celebration uh, game. Obviously, Senior Day will be next week, but this you know this felt a little like. You know, the Auburn win was kind of a high intensity, very excitement thing. This with a noon start, you know, we've discussed the noon starts with a noon start against a, a lower opponent. It just never felt like the, neither the crowd nor the team was everyone was all business. Everyone was just kind of like going through the motions and that's okay. They went through the motions early this year and it cost them. And this is a time where I think that's okay for a team that now looks like, uh, you know, with tech next week and well and by the way we're i'm gonna i'm i'm sorry i missed so many shows this year i will be there we are previewing the show for your thanksgiving goodness and delight everyone so we'll have a one more bourbon uh uh soaked evening together anyway uh at least until until you're done traveling to the to the to the new york city yes exactly Um, exactly and babbling on that but yeah so i'll be excited to do that but you know it really just felt like Almost a, va- a valediction, and just like okay, this is where we are. This the worst case scenario of this season has been uh, avoided, and it's funny. Even with all the mess with Florida, you know, winning yesterday, uh, that helped me a little bit uh, because if Florida would have lost that game to LSU, then we're doing a lot of what ifs. Then oh yeah, I think there's no doubt about it that. It would have been I driving mean, us nuts, and I and now we don't. For better or worse, as hard as it is to see Florida in that game two straight years, we don't have to do that now. No, and and the part about it is that, um, that at least the part of it about it's interesting to me is I thought nine and three was kind of where we're going to be. Uh, we still have to beat Tech to get to eight and four. Um, and, and frankly, we, we again we can play that what if game. You know, we were a couple of plays away from being 
you know, better than eight and four. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we're eight, we were eight and 14 through a lot of the season. Uh, actually, we're probably a little worse than eight and 14. But we have seen progression, and that is what you want to see. We've seen the coaching staff get better. We've seen Kirby game manage better. We've seen Cheney call offensive plays better. Uh, we've seen the defense make adjustments in the second half. And again, we have a new coach. So you think in these things in terms of, of building towards something, you can see definite progression towards that. You know, considering how dire, how much people were tossing around the must-champ word uh, a month ago, that's off the table now. Like, to me, that, that is the larger thing. You're right about Eason, and it's nice to see, you know, again, the, the offensive line, you know, it's not there. It's not where you want it to be uh, just yet, but you see a little bit of progress there. And you're right, in the play calling, everything just seems a little bit more under control than it yeah. did at, at, at times. And forgive just a second guessing. Obviously, the play at the end of the Vanderbilt game, we'll be talking about that for a while. But it really wasn't just that like they made this particular play call. At times this year, it felt like this team, this, there's not a firm hand at the wheel. And it feels that way right now. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to, to bring up about the, the firm hand at the wheel. You're starting to see more quotes about leadership, senior leadership or whatnot. Um, you're seeing more quotes about some guys, quote unquote, stepping up and getting people's heads in the right direction. I think there's no doubt that we went through a time, uh, we being the Georgia football program, went through a time there in late September to middle October where I think the team was kind of rudderless. Uh, and I think I think the coaches were waiting for someone, hoping someone would step in because, you, I mean, you know this, Will. You you have been both a um, a 21-year-old and someone working with, with 21-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And you, you do know that there's nothing like a peer stepping in, both from a perspective of a 21-year-old or someone trying to direct 21-year-olds to, to motivate them. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about there's a hand on the wheel. I, don't, I think not only the coaches kind of have uh, an idea of what they want to do and how they want to do it, and the players are starting to buy into that. Yeah. And I think you can tell. You can tell, and that is encouraging. And to see some of the train wrecks around, for crying out loud, Texas lost to Kansas yesterday. <laughs> Imagine what would be the is there an equivalent of Georgia? What's a Georgia loss? Would it have been Nichols? Would that have been the equivalent of Georgia losing of Texas losing to Kansas? Well, I think it would have been Georgia losing to Vanderbilt circa 1989. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the SEC doesn't have a program like Kansas. Right. I mean, I mean, they, they they don't now. I mean, Vanderbilt was that program for a long, long time despite the fact that they, they managed to win here and there, uh, which is Georgia just is not. I tell you what, Bill Self has that Kansas football program going the right direction. <laughs> I tell you, to uh, pay it all, he's killing it. To pay it all. But that is, uh, <laughs> there will be plenty of time to talk about this, but I do believe Kirby, I mean, uh, Kirby, uh, Charlie, Charlie Strong's going to be looking for a defensive coordinator job soon. Yes. And um, that's, uh, that's tough. You're speaking of, you, you, we brought up the Muschamp thing. A lot of the Muschamp stuff has kind of tapered off now that, oh, no question. you know, South Carolina is bowl eligible yeah. with essentially the same players that, yep. that yep. Steve Spurrier yep. couldn't win but three games with. So you have to give them credit. I mean, they, I think the, the freshman quarterback has added a little bit of a dynamic there. I think it'll be interesting next year to see what he and Roper do with that freshman quarterback because we've seen this before. You know, them come out the first season with a freshman quarterback look really good. And, you know, if, if Bentley ends up transferring to NC State and getting drafted, then you'll know it's much champ. Right. Um, all right, so yeah, but I don't really think there's too much more to take away from that game. It was a pleasant day. It's a little windy, uh, uh, but it, it warmed up a little bit as the day went along. But you know, one of my things just kind of close with. Again, this is now year four of my uh, of my time in Athens. It always feels to me 
that every one of these games, even though, even the Lafayette game, even the Nichols game, it's very exciting for me. Like this, you know, this is the, the, when you live in Athens, as you know, the the football team is right in the middle of the campus and right in the middle yes. of everything. It's the central organizing principle of everything that happens. Businesses count on it, students count on it, everything counts on it, and it only gets used six to seven times a year. So it's always very strange for me for people to be like, "Oh, it's Lafayette. Who cares? It's a noon star. Who cares?" This is still a big deal. Like, like I, it's it. it occurred to me halfway through as the game was a little bit sleepy and the crowd was a little bit out of it and everyone's leaving early and my son by the way i went with my son uh, who turns who i'll have you know turns five years old on monday november 21st so happy birthday to young william leach uh he uh, he wants he insists on staying all the way to the end which is fine with me but to see everybody leave there was a little part to me that I just wanted to like us guys there's only one of these left there's only one left there's only one game left and then there's nothing until September and let's not forget by the way there's a very real possibility that game Saturday against Georgia Tech will be the best home game for about a year and a half because next year's home schedule is pretty rough oh it's pure fire it is trashy Um, yeah I'm glad you brought that up I was going to bring something up because when you said crowd earlier I was hoping to use quotation marks yes Um, but look if you're listening to this please come it's senior day I realize it's tech. I realize you will have, you'll be tired of your family. Come to Athens. (laughs) Um, Remember, there will be hungry kids in August that wish they could have college football. And, you know, we we need a big crowd there. It's Georgia Tech. We need to beat Georgia Tech again because that is the natural order of things. (laughs) And and that is the way, that is the way the the good Lord intends that that things be. Um, So show up. Let's be loud. And if you're still listening to this, Guys, come on. I realize it's Thanksgiving, but there were – I mean, Will, is an underestimation to say there were 4,000 students there? The student section was bare empty except for the band in one little spot beside them. Now, trust me. There were plenty of empty seats in the alumni seats too, but it's it's not nearly as noticed because the alumni section is much bigger, and you can't complain as a student about how you don't get tickets if you don't show up when you do have tickets. Yeah, and, and again, the noon start is unfortunate. It's unfortunate for anyone coming back, including me. But you got to be there. I mean, I'm going to admit, like, you're exactly right. Come July, that building is going to have been empty for five months uh this massive thing and and uh for me i i guess you know there'll be the spring there'll be the 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 g-day game and the spring game and so on but like that's that's not that's not that's not what it is that's insufficient methadone exactly exactly and so for me i find myself very much we'll talk about this in the podcast this week but i find myself like really looking forward like i had that moment of sadness as as we got to the end of the game realized wow there's this there's only one more of these left and uh i for this year which i think ultimately i think no matter what happens moving forward i think it's hard to say that, that while this year wasn't a rousing success, it was clearly a step forward. From uh, uh, it's it's a step forward that I think the that Georgia needed to take and is taking and going in the right direction. So it's the last game of a year that turned this guy. I suspect going to end up being pretty important in Georgia history. I, I hope everyone appreciates it. Yeah, and I think it remains to be seen whether it's that's the good way or the bad way. But right. it feels like it's a good way right now. All right, man. Well, we'll well, we are gonna do our in person show. Finally, we'll be it'll be in your in your ears in time for you to uh, to dr- for your drives for all the family arguments, which I have a feeling are going to be a little bit heightened this year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but just, I think that's a fair assessment. But that's okay. We're all gonna make it because regardless of how crazy our family is, uh, we love them. So uh, at least theoretically. 
Um, so, all right. So we'll be there to do the full show with the week, and we'll get. We'll finally get Scott. We'll get Scott's full. Now that he's seen them, his beatific, excited, uh, losing his mind over how beautiful those uniforms were. <laughs> well, he he did kind of go on about him at the tone. Yeah, but they so. hadn't played. Yeah, I well, yes, he did. I know he did. <laughs> he, we just he, we didn't have a tape, so we'll make him do it. We'll get some bourbon <laughs> him and, and make him talk about. It. All right, Tony. Uh, well, I'll see you uh, this week to tape the show. And as always, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to tune in later this week for our next episode. That's right. You might be taking a well-deserved week off, but we simply cannot because for the majority of the country, it's Thanksgiving week. But for you and the three of us on this podcast, it's officially hate week. Professional curmudgeon Paul Johnson brings his Georgia Tech high school offense to Sanford this Saturday for the 110th all-time meeting of good, clean, old-fashioned hate as the dogs close out the 2016 regular season. And before I sign off, I would like to thank Robert Bruce 76 for leaving us a very nice iTunes review. He wrote, This was my first season listening to the WSLS podcast, and I love it. Hoping for some off-season shows as well. Go dogs. Thanks, Robert. We really appreciate it. And there will be off-season shows. Maybe not as many or as frequent, but after this weekend, basketball will suddenly be the focus of our attention. And with J.J. Frazier and Yante Maton leading the way, I think Coach Fox might just have himself a tournament team on hand. Feel free to tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. We are interactive. At least we try to be as interactive as we can. All right, I'm going to end it there. So go dogs, beat tech, and we will see you on campus this Saturday. Oh, and have a great, healthy, safe, and awesome Thanksgiving for what it's worth. From us to you. Take care.